I've got a better squeaky bum, but that's a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 20 of Blethered with a special guest, Cy Ferry. Cy's a professional footballer who started out at Celtic, coming through the youth system, who then also went on to Swindon, Portsmouth, Dundee and now Peterhead, where he and his teammates have recently just won the league. If you're one of the few people who doesn't know, he also hosts a massively successful Open Goal, where he's interviewed the likes of Ali McCoist, Aidan McGeady, Gordon Strachan, Barry Ferguson and about 100 other massive names in Scottish football. Open Goals had millions of views and downloads and is undeniably one of the most popular shows in the country. In this podcast we talk about Si's early days at Celtic, working under Tommy Burns in the Youth Academy and playing under Gordon Strachan. We talk about sharing a dressing room with the likes of Larson, Lennon and Sutton and about how tough it was to make the grade at Celtic. We talk about his career at Swindon and then moving on to other clubs after that as well as discussing Open Goal and Si's future plans in coaching and potentially management. I'm a massive fan of both sides and all things open goal, so this was an absolute pleasure to record. I hope you enjoy it. If you do, feel free to share it. Cheers. Another episode of Blethered, we've got Scotland's number one interviewer and uh, also get Simon Ferry as well. <laughs> yes. Done you? Put me in shape mate, 100% yeah. How I'm you fucking doing? hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm good mate, how are you? Ah, no bad mate, no bad. Thanks for recording in, in this lovely big massive house. This is obviously <laughs> open goal wages guys. <laughs> uh, nah mate, I've been in here for what, two years now? I love it man. My last time it's like half scheme, half step, so Aye. keep it real mate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, we'll go back to the start, right? Uh-huh. Tell me, grew up in Dundee. Yeah. What was that like? And then how did you take me into how you ended up signing for Celtic? Right, I uh, grew up in Dundee. I had Minas Hill, uh, kind of Charleston, Lockheed sort of area. Um, grew up on a, just outside the scheme. Uh, Minas Hill. So Still we were, keeping it real. Uh, so my, my mum got a good job in the bank, so we got a house. Uh, and then in that street, four of my best mates that I'm still best pals with now, we all grew up together on that street. Um, my big brother... Uh, and all the other boys were all his age, so football for them. If I was about three year old out in the street with them, kicking the ball, but getting kicked about, and uh, I joined Dundee Celtic boys when I was about eight year old. Um, played there for a couple of years, and then the, the Celtic scout in, in the Dundee area, an old guy called Sean Smith. He was an Irish guy. He was a, a hero, man. Honestly, he was seventy four, mate, and he would still take us for training. So <laughs> he asked me to go to training. I went up to a, a locky park. It was just a public park, uh, dog shit all over the place. And uh, guys like Ross Wallace that played for Sheffield Wednesday Aye. and Celtic, obviously. Uh, Mark Fallingham, who played for Celtic as well, Fulham. Uh, Michael Gardine, who's at Ross County. Who's at Ross County now, Still sorry. There, uh-huh. uh, so they were the guys, it was only six of us there. I was, uh, I was 10 or 11, and they were like 14, 15. Uh, and you just joined in with them straight away, and they were tough boys, mate. Like Wallace, Ross Wallace's theatre, which is really rough. I mean, Wallace's house, I've been up to his house a couple of times. It's it's rough um, Fozzie was the same Mark Thornham for Charleston um, Midge was for Curtin which was quite wild as well so I was the youngest out of them and again they would just kick fuck at me man like that tough uh, toughen you up toughen us up I remember one of my first nights there actually Ross Wallace was 
Like if you see him at eleven, if I took the ball for us, he would elbow you, man. He was ruthless, like he was Aye. just that guy. But he was a nice guy as well. So off the off training, and that he was a really nice guy. But I, felt, I remember as a guy, Gary Fraser went on to play for Montrose and good player, but just never really made it. He was again, he was a bit mad as well. And uh, he took the ball off Wallace, and uh, Wallace said something to him, and Fraser said something back to Wallace, and Wallace just went fuck you, man, wrapped a nut on him, and his nose was burst everywhere. And I remember thinking. This is mental, man. <laughs> Nuts me. Like, Wallace was going full time, we say, like, like a month later. So there was talk of him not even getting a deal because he'd done this to this boy in training and all that. So um, that was the kind of upbringing I had playing football wise. So it was great for me to be with the older boys who were tough as any. See, if, if Ross Wallace happens to hear this, he'll deny this, right? But no, he went on the air. Wallace is one of the boys, he's not. No, dang it, I was going to say, so <laughs> see, in 2005, so I was 14, I was at the Celtic Easter training camp. And I used to go in. Uh-huh. And uh, we were training at Barrafield in the last day. Sean Maloney, Ross Wallace and David Marshall were walking down and I've ran up to them with my boots with a pen and all that and I went I ran up and I was about to go will you sign my boots and Ross Wallace went get to fuck me man I was 14 and I just was like I've never shot myself still to this day I've never shot myself so much in my life because I was like I, he wasn't so much in the first, he was playing the first team but it was Sean Maloney mm-hmm. and I'm sure David Marshall had it was maybe the year after he'd had his new camp game and all that right and then playing at Ibrox and I just was like to me Celtic players only existed in the confines of Celtic part of these like magical mystical things and Ross mm-hmm. Wallace told me to get to fuck <laughs> that always could be like that you could be the nicest guy in the world and the next day be elbowing your face but to be fair Sean Maloney signed my book oh Sean couldn't be a nicer guy than Sean yeah. Big Marsh is the same they were as I say so I ended up going into Celtic and they were all the older ones with me so Aye. they were great ones. and I was even because I took under 10s at Celtic now um, and we trained under 13s last night and I see the under 13s I see we under 13s who walk about with arrogance and, I, and they didn't want to speak to you and they didn't want to converse with you and they didn't want to speak to younger boys and I pulled them on and said listen when you're at Celtic a club like Celtic you need to be a, one a good person Aye. two a good example and then thirdly and lastly a good player um, because my upbringing I think a person I am today is because of the upbringing I got at Celtic honestly I do and what, how much uh, uh, a factor in that was Tommy Burns obviously oh, it's mean, all been said in it but it has all been said but it's so true mate yeah, like I genuinely have never heard anyone say it. like you get coaches and head of youth who like some people like and then some people don't but Aye. everyone loved Tommy man I don't know how he done it but he so I went for that great guy in Sean Smith the Irish guy who was Aye. similar to Tommy he was a good laugh and now he's football to, to then on to Tommy who was even better do you know what I mean but again football goes out the window with Tommy it's not even football that you remember him it's just how, how good a guy he was man Aye. he was like you you had principles in life I remember when he took me first through to Celtic Park as well we're going through the front door and the chef arches he's got a disability Archie and uh, Tommy's hugging him how's your family all that brilliant I'm like ah. and Tommy says listen see in life he says treat the cleaner the exact same way as you treat the first team manager and that's that stuck with me I, I would never want to buy anybody man Aye. I always try to help people and it's, it's because of Tommy Tommy's the first person I, and probably the only person in life I looked at and thought that's, that's how I want to do it that's how I want to be like He's uh, my mum actually. Just everybody's got their own example. My mum taught in uh, prisons and with first schools with kids with disabilities and also kids that were locked up for things like murder and all that right. mental stuff. And she organised. I think she got chatting to him once and telling him about the school and about the kids and some of the tough lives it had. And for about I'm sure for about six months he was bringing them on. He was giving them training sessions 
he was wow. setting up sort of educational things and all that and then he was emailing my mum asking how these people are getting on and I remember hearing that at the age of like 11 or 12 and just like that's that's mental because essentially you imagine he's going to be some film star big shot you know he's, he's a top man he's Tommy Burns mm-hmm. and he's he's got that much time for everybody that you hear all these stories and I never tire I never get bored of hearing them just about how spectacular a guy it's amazing man because you know yourself see we doing this like I do this I do the fit play and a coach Aye. and I basically haven't got a minute man but then I think he was the head of Celtic Youth Aye. and he still found time I just think he was never in the house eh? he couldn't <laughs> have been because he was doing everything he was always everyone. doing something aye. but he, even like his partner was his partner was electric mate. Like, that's the first time I've ever went in a football club and heard like amazing partner what was some of the shouts like say you're having a bad game or that? Uh, was so shouts you, got, you? you're having problems at home you've got that <laughs> stop are you drinking me a breakfast again have uh, <laughs> you put a bad cross and you shout out straight away we can get guys out of the pub to come in there uh, he was brilliant to me honestly and, like he was so he loved our squad like so it was me and myself obviously I played a year above myself so it was myself Aidan Charlie Rocco uh, Mikey McGlinchey Scott Cuthbert Loads of the Ryan Conway, he used to call us the Warriors, <laughs> and he'd, he'd come down to our training. So we'd train every day, obviously at Barrowfield, and uh, he would end up joining in because he loved it. And we'd play like a wee three v three, two goalies three v three in the middle, and uh, Tommy would join in, and would always end up fights, man. Always like because Aiden was so good that the only way you could stop him was by kicking him. <laughs> so and then Aiden, Aiden being Aiden would fucking want to fight you. So everyone would start rolling about with each other and William McStay would be like, oh, come on, stop, hey, stop that, stop that. And Tommy would be behind him like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> He was yeah, like, <laughs> like, he wanted you to be tough, mate. Aye. See the thing about Tommy, everyone thinks, like, he wasn't a great guy, obviously, but everyone thinks he was like a laughing joke all the time. But see if you lost it. Under Tommy Burns, he'd be in a dressing room for an hour, man. I'm talking like 16, 17, and he would go through you. Like, people didn't see that aside to him, but. I had a nasty streak on him as a player, oh, which you need. You need that, of course you do, yeah. mate. That's how he's got so far in life. He's got, he had the perfect balance, mate, of being a, a ruthless, horrible guy, and then you could flip it the next morning and make you feel like the best player in the world, mate. Aye. And that's what he was so good at. It's good management, isn't it? Uh-huh. Uh, you kind of got to run about the periphery of the first team squad. You went uh-huh. to the. And I want you to confirm this, right? Maybe this will be an exclusive. But you went to Poland, uh-huh. 2006. Was that, I was under Stratton. Stratton, uh-huh. Did Charlie McGrew get sent away because he turned up late at the airport, or is that just a, a an urban myth? No, Charlie was on the trip. Charlie was on the trip because uh, the reason I remember it is because I made my debut. That well, debut is a friendly, so you can't really call it your debut. But uh-huh. I came on for like 20 minutes in the first game. I done really well. Uh, and then the second game I started right mid which Strachan used to always play me when I fucking hated playing right mid slowest guy in the world man, used to play me right mid um, and Charlie and Ross Wallace played left back and left mid that game and uh, I was having a shocker but I could always remember thinking Charlie and Wall- Wallace are saving me here because they're having an absolute <laughs> so Strachan took them off after 30 minutes oh no and uh, we got in at half time and Strachan was going mental man like crazy for a pre-season friend he was going crazy and then he went and used to and he turned around and Wallace and Charlie had stayed out and hadn't came in for half time they just sat on the bench oh right so <laughs> somebody had to go and run out and get them they two came in and they absolutely got it man. Nah, so Charlie wasn't late but he got taken off after 30 minutes and never came in uh, but I think Charlie and Strachan fell out after that but then now when you ask Charlie about Strachan you absolutely love him but no I went to Poland with the first team so as I say, I always played like a year above, sometimes two years above us, just purely because Tommy took a liking to me. Right. Uh, so when Martin O'Neill was just leaving, say like I was going to sign a four and a half year deal, 
I, don't, I, was, I was only a year into my first three year deal uh, and then Gordon Strachan came in trained with the first team I was in I was 17 and he, he was like ah, right I'm finally getting this kid a, a four and a half year deal so just thinking well I'm going to be absolutely minted soon <laughs> I put in the first team and then I broke uh, fucked my ankle mate I was out for two and a half years and oh, fuck kind of just went for there did you play with Charlie Grant Charlie Grant that's a player that could have went on to be a major Celtic mainstay couldn't you? but uh, he just didn't go his way yeah so me and Charlie played centre midfield to each other all, all the way through uh, Celtic uh, we went to Poland with Scotland with Snodgrass and Fletcher me and Charlie played centre midfield for that team as well got to the final European Cup uh, under 19s PK played in that PK game PK played in that game at Matt I played Javi Garcia beat us 2-1 uh, but uh, Charlie mate, I'd never seen a boy tackle like this eh? he's yeah. a grafter he could tackle no the greatest of passes but he would Aye. just play it simple but he was like a minute they used to call him the minute Neil Lennon I was about to say he gets yeah. a Lennon comparison because he's playing style and also he's ginger hair didn't he uh-huh. and he plays centre mid so. but the thing about Charlie compared to Lennon was like he, Charlie could honestly tackle man like nothing I've ever seen Solid. a tough tough boy uh, but me and him got into the same time as well eh? so me him and the boy that I played at Peterhead now Nicky Riley we were, they were it for three years in their groins uh, and I was it for two and a half years on my ankle but that was a tough time man hard how does that how do you deal with that because two, I mean saying that now two and a half years it sounds like click a finger but imagine saying <laughs> it's under you no kick a ball for two and a half till 2022 mm-hmm. almost Mate, th- it was horrible man like you'd go in and see like I would so I, I would be like I was training the first team at 17 as I say and I'm sitting on a bike in Lennox I'm looking at on a training pitch and boys who were like miles behind me are now training in the first team in the and you're seeing them playing the, the champ, Champions League and, and playing coming on at the weekend to the first team and you're sitting on a bike and it's fucking heartbreaking man uh, but to, again Tommy was brilliant man. he was unbelievable he was the, probably the one that got us through it again Aye. <coughs> uh, and I know a lot of bad things get said about Gordon Strachan but he was he was tremendous as man mm. he'd always he'd always be speaking to us and telling us not to worry about it and stuff like that but I actually had two operations and I went down to get a third uh, I went down to a guy in London and he said listen I've x-rayed your ankle give you a, if this operation doesn't work that's you done man you need to retire uh, and I remember coming up the road thinking I was asking I actually asked my mate the guy I grew up with he's got his in spark business so I was like mate will you give me an apprenticeship and, and he's like ah, no worries so that was all kind of sorted and got back up to Saintly Park and Tommy pulled us in his office and he says Obviously, I heard about the news. He says, Are "You all right?" And I was like, oh, "Listen, I'm fine. I've got something sort of my mate and and stuff like that." And I says to him, "But my mum's devastated, man. Like she's distraught." And he's like, "Ah, oh, God, nothing worse. Just talking, talking." So that night, I got back to my digs, and my mum phoned us, and she's like, "Tommy Burns phoned my work today." No way. Uh, Tommy phoned my work, and he was like, ah, "Don't worry about Simon. If if he doesn't make it with the ankle operation, I'll." put him through his coaching badges and you'll be a coach at Celtic and I'll make sure everything's fine aye just it's a marketing guy innit uh, and there's, there's, a, there's about a hundred of these stories that I know. people have got them what a man but uh, as I say see growing up at Celtic it was, it was a, such a great time man like we're all still mates now Charlie Aidan Rocco uh, Ryan Conroy Dean Richardson uh, Jim O'Brien we've all got a group chat that we still speak to so I couldn't, have, I couldn't have got a better upbringing as a kid it was brilliant but uh, when I was injured we used to sit and play Pro Evo till 4 in the morning man <laughs> every night me and Nicky Riley because we shared the flat right, right, aye. Uh, who was it he used to was it Matt Brown he used to get uh, Matt Brown he got his motor done mate, uh, <laughs> big, but ice bucket I've never seen somebody so angry mate. <laughs> no wonder the, the thing is right, see, we lived in the top 4 flat so we <laughs> after Nicky had spilled ice or his back seat we were 
up at my window looking at him cleaning his motor pure pushing herself and kept catching us looking at him like, that tongue hanging out he was <laughs> raging <laughs> it's that, that upbringing itself take obviously high standards being set training with people like Neil Lennon people like Stratton Tommy Burns giving you a hard time or the competitiveness do you think when you then went down to Swindon do you think that's doing good stead I'm kind of stating the obvious here yeah. like, oh, no definitely mate like that first team are the most ruthless team I've ever seen in my life Aye. like scary people uh, like Sutton Tom Sutton Tom every one of them yeah. there wasn't one of them that wasn't they would slaughter you honestly slaughter you like, as I say Strachan used to always put me fucking right mid me and I hated it man I can't play right midfield and uh, like see Sutton and uh, Hartson mate see if you didn't cross the ball on their head like right on their head Aye. go off their nut is that them trying to weed out the, the weak characters for the strong because I mean listen to Aidan McGeady on yours and he says when he's first training with the first team and Neil Lennon's gone who is this wee guy <laughs> mate <laughs> and you're like that's so harsh but mate well see that bad thing about that story is that we knew Aidan was like the best player in the youth team by a mile aye and I remember Aidan coming to the youth team dressing him after and he, he was pure white and we were like what's up <laughs> he's like Neil Lennon's just like said like this guy's not good enough get him back to the youth team and we're all thinking fuck if he thinks that about Aidan man what is he going to think about us aye like I always used to get I always used to be a floater as well we get put a floater and I'd always do well for other team I'd always give the ball away for Lenny's team I would <laughs> fucking go mental man um, but they were winners honestly like every every game was like a World Cup final I couldn't believe how, how seriously they took it Aye. but uh, I used to as I say right midfield so starting after training would say go and cross Bosin for Chris and John and like see if you put a cross in and he so I can be watching they would just catch it and put it away mate. see I have like uh, nightmares all the time I had a nightmare recently right and I woke up dripping in sweat and I dreamed that Celtic had to play Rangers in our, like basically a playoff to win the league right, right. and I was the 11th man and I dreamt <laughs> that Ian Durant stopped me from getting in the changing room right so I couldn't get changed <laughs> so Celtic had to play with 10 men against Rangers 11 and Rangers won the league and I woke up dripping in sweat like a pure nightmare <laughs> <laughs> I imagine getting told you need to go and cross for Chris Sutton and John Hartson would be that know how that way when you're running and it feels like you're running in sand uh, like just pure pressure and stress mate, it's just your heart pounds for the whole see the whole session your heart's pounding I'd be like struggling to reach the 12 yard line uh, uh, it's like a slinny with the, the, the corners mate. I can <laughs> understand exactly but mate the best thing I've ever seen Gordon Strachan say was he says people kid on they want to play for set like aye but there's a few that can actually go and do it and that's so true man I remember him saying about how you judge a good player and he's like if the ball in training or a game if the ball falls to them if their hun- shoulders are all hunched up and they're stressed and he's like they, they can't play for Celtic you can have all the ability in the world but it also comes to the mental stress I mean you look at people like, off the top of my head Timo Pukki who's that guy that played for Rangers uh, the one at pure ra- Wycom Wycom and uh, I feel like there's somebody else that I'm forgetting about but these players that you know they can't really do it up here mm. ability is not really in question because they're absolutely causing it in the championship so there's obviously got to be a mental toughness that you need to be playing for I said like see James like, like the guys that have made it I say like are, they must be so mentally strong oh, like Jamesy like because you see the abuse we Jamesy gets which especially in the first five six years they've been in the first real, team mate. and he's still there and he's still doing it so fair play to him because I, I know. people didn't actually like see when people are writing these stuff to these players right. they didn't realise how hard it is man I'm, I feel like I think I'm quite a strong person mate, but I found it really tough really tough but the best players for me are guys like Aidan who could get slaughtered all the time but he would still keep taking the ball Aye. like he wouldn't care if he gave it away Aye. he would just want the ball again whereas if I gave the ball away with the first team I'd fucking go hiding for five minutes I can minutes. be like in fives <laughs> 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 well, I'll go in goals it's alright <laughs> but 
equally to the managers just as ruthless as well go on the start and I remember uh, I was playing again fucking right mid for some reason in training and I get the ball and somebody comes quite tight to so I just set it back to Paul Taylor for five yards starting stop and he was like what is it he went give the ball to the other team Simon uh, negative play I'm thinking, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Actually, keeping the ball, keeping the ball, but you kind of win, man. Like, see if Lennon had done that, I'd been like, oh, brilliant, man. Ah, Lennon's keeping the ball and he's dictating the pace. Exactly, but then you think, is he just doing it to make you a stronger person? Or I think that is what they were doing. They were trying to help you as well because after it, Lennon would sit me down. He'd be like, what are you thinking there? Like, he would try and help you. So Aye. I think they were trying to do it to to help you. I love uh, I love Gordon Stratton, but I imagine playing under him would be would be quite stressful. I was actually I was doing the work experience at a newspaper. And we're in at Lennox Town for a press conference. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to stick anybody in, right? <laughs> but a player basically gave a journalist, a very prominent current Celtic player, and this was in 2009, gave a, jo- a very well known journalist, I'll tell you later, right, right. what it was, abuse because he'd written something about him, right. just pure abused him. So the journalist is running up the stairs at Lennox Town demanding that Peter Lawwell's on the phone because he wants to make a complaint. What was that, 2009? January 2009, aye. And it was, uh, we had just beaten Dundee United in the semi-final at the League Cup. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say who it was, but it was brilliant. It was funny and I was there. And I remember being like, fuck, I can't believe I've just witnessed this. And then Gordon Stratton came in late and he's like, sorry, I was late. I fell up the stairs, I tripped over ex-journalist top uh, bottom lip and then he's like and he's like he's wanting me to phone uh, Peter Lawwell get to fuck and I just was sitting at this table like I can't believe exactly. I'm just sitting here this and I remember thinking like I love Gordon Strang but I play under him it can be easy if he's yeah. getting you tighter if he's getting you pelters but even like Bruni like when Bruni first came to say like, I never thought oh Bruni's a great player man but he would give the ball away and then he wouldn't give a fuck man he would just go and get the ball again and he'd no. smash somebody whereas I didn't hear that that was the difference I think he was like even when you play against Bruni, you try and get a laugh on him, you just blanch him in. Totally. It's strange. Aye, because strange. he's a mad fun character. Ah, because off the pitch, you would have a laugh with you and have a joke. But see, like, even in a game, like, even if they're three up, mate, I remember they were beating us, I think I got beat six nine at Celtic Park, and they were three up. And I said something to Bruni, and he just fucking looked right through his man. <laughs> How do you do that? He's like a robot, and he's a robot. You don't, you don't spend that much time at Celtic and have such an impact if you're. If you've not got that, he's, he's, that just that he's, he's been slaughtered, isn't he? He's been for his first four years, he got slaughtered as well. Every season he's written off. Uh-huh. Every season, ah, that's him done. I saw somebody tweeting saying, "I'm looking forward to seeing the the end of Scott Brown's career live." And I remember thinking, like, please keep saying these things. Uh-huh. As a Celtic supporter, you're like, please keep saying that because I obviously feels this uh-huh. guy. Whereas uh, other people would probably bring them down. Whereas he is, is it? Doesn't he? Yeah, I, again, I remember things that I got said to me like playing under 12s boys club football. I'm like, oh, I can remember <laughs> something, something <laughs> shady that Stop your hands over. Uh, yeah, few bottles, man. But all that. So did that going down to Swindon? Did you? And then literally Portsmouth and all. Did you enjoy football a bit more? Did it feel like less pressure? Because I feel like the clubs have just got less expectation. Mate, Swindon was the best thing of my life. Honestly, <laughs> played under Mad Decanio. I've never enjoyed myself so much in my life. Honestly. My biggest regret in life is that I left Sunday. Really? Oh, mate, I fucking loved it. Was it your shout to leave? Uh, kind of uh, stupid. But see, when I first went to Sunday, as you said about like being able to deal with pressure, like Ben Hutchison came down to Sunday with me. Mm. And Ben had only been at Celtic for a year. He never got brought up, brought up in Celtic. And the, the dressing room at Swindon was no as ruthless as the Celtic dressing room, but there was some old characters who would tell you if you want to do it, man. Aye. And Ben couldn't handle it. Whereas I, I, I was used to it, mate, so it wasn't, it wasn't a problem. It's like mate. normality. Normality, yeah. So I went down there, mate, playing first team football every I couldn't believe it. I got man of my ma- the man of the match the first 
first first game. Did you score in your debut? Nah, I think I set one up, but I never scored. Um, but the reason I loved it, mate, I, I got down to Swindon on the Monday, trained Monday, Tuesday, I'd done really well in training, and uh, the older boys were saying like, "You've got a bit, you're decent." Like, a big scouser, Billy Painter, who's wild, mate. So I remember sitting in my flat. They kind of put us up in a flat on a Wednesday or a Thursday. I want to say Wednesday, but it could have been a Thursday. Uh, Billy Painter phones me up. He's like. Alright lad, you want to come to the pub? <laughs> and I was like, can't be selling me, that never happened then. I was like, ah, fuck it, why not? So mate, sitting in the pub, and it went to sitting in the pub to be in a nightclub on a Wednesday, <laughs> steaming, for like four in the morning, came, trained the next day, trained the Friday, went out, won the Saturday. Won the Saturday, and Danny Wilson's like that. Every time I won, Danny Wilson's like that. Everyone in the players' lounge for a drink. I mean, I just took that, man. Pure loved it. Like, they would, uh, Danny Wilson, who was the manager, He'd played with under Brian Clough. Right, all oh, right, old school room. Old school, mate. But he would sit in the players' lounge after it and sit with a pint and tell you stories and that. See, as a young kid, like as a David interviewed me, I, f- I, c- I was like, "This is amazing, loved it." I want to ask you about that then, because so if you're sitting listening to these stories, have you always just gravitated towards like the older players yeah. who are just listening to their partner? Because obviously, we're going to about your partner essentially is part of how you're doing open goal. Uh, like, no, is that, do you just gravitate towards the players? Loved it, mate. I, I, probably. Even at um, Celtic, like I was always in about the first team, mate. I, none of the boys wanted to work. Like n- nobody would want to do the jobs. I did, mate. Eh? I would love doing the jobs because I would love to hear the first team's pattern and Aye. be around them and listen to their stories to each other, like earwig and. Remember the first time I seen Big John Hartson naked, mate, and he had big, big uh, Johnny tattooed across did his belly. I think he's got a Johnny. And I'm standing in pure awe, mate, a Welsh tattoo on his calf. I loved seeing this sort of thing. I was probably more interested in the dressing room when I was so, uh, so you're obviously then watching these guys in the 2000, 2001, two, and then you're getting in there so uh, that's you're like, there, uh, you're like it's crazy mate that's mad it's so, so, and then especially for a guy like Larson to be there as well she just to watch him and like alright right, had her in them like say like we're signing boys for England like sorting in that for 5-6 million quid and even the way they looked at Larson that you're like Phew, the number one I'm so glad I'm so glad they had his time at Barca and then at Man U as well just, just to prove how good he was as if like I think anybody that ever says it or, or would ever say aye but he only does it in Scotland you don't know what you're talking about next he done it at the Euros the World oh, Cups he did it in Champions League he did it at the UEFA Cup what more do you need but there's that English ar- not English arrogance there's an arrogance coming externally for people who are only fans of Scottish football of course we look at Van Dyke and Robertson and that as well there's, there's plenty in Scotland that could have went and played at the top level 100% but Larson was brilliant mate because John Robertson used to I used to have long hair man like really long hair Did you? fucking mess I was ugly as anything no <laughs> wonder I was a virgin until I was 18 uh, I wasn't actually I'm just making that but John Robertson used to always say to me get that fucking haircut uh, and I would just kind of laugh and he, he said it one day in the, the dressing room and Larson's like that to me don't get your hair cut he's like see if you want to do that do it brilliant he's like see in life just do what you want to do don't change for anyone and I remember thinking oh my god man that was, I think that's the only time he ever spoke to us man Aye. but it was like Phew, that's amazing did John Robertson hear him say it because I, I imagine John uh, Rob- I think he said it in front of John Robertson uh, he did that right I'm in a bit of a dilemma here uh, right. <laughs> right, just keep it in but Steve Wolford used to come at the training but everyone down at Barrowfield half 10 Henrik just you come when you want <laughs> <laughs> he no, was the man brilliant um, we'll f- go forward right obviously you're still playing with Pete Hick. congrats on the league win oh thanks mate cheers Please. How, 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 how long I probably shouldn't be asking this but how long do you, you're going to keep playing do you want to keep going play as long as yeah. I can mate uh, I, say this, I say this to the you kids that I coach as well, man. Playing football is the best life. Aye. Best life, mate. I'll do it for as long as I can. Why not? Do you know what I mean? Why would you know? It's the be- best news that I'm at, though. That'll be Stuart McCall. What, his hair job back? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no. He's phoned. <laughs>
Is your mattress making noises it never used to? Or is it sagging, causing you to... Then it's time to get a new one. Get the best sleep at the best value with a Nectar mattress. Prices start at just $499, and you get $399 in accessories thrown in, a 365-night home trial, and a forever warranty. Go to Nectarsleep.com. <laughs> nah, I'll play till I, I'm wheelchair doing it. As I say, I was injured for years, uh, so I love playing on a Saturday night. Can I beat it? Just because again the laughs that you get and the people that you meet is brilliant, man. So keep playing. But open goal that she started that was that May 2017. How'd that come about? <sighs> what is that May 2017? Uh, two years, but uh, that's right, uh, mate. I was doing as I told you that Edinburgh. I was doing the the night shift at the Royal Mail. Aye. So I used to walk to here mil- uh, steps doing a uh, uh, Springburn. At 11 o'clock at night, mate. That's, that's somewhat, by the way. So, I'd leave here at 11 o'clock, mate, or I'd jog it, I'd run it. So, I'd run through Proven Mill and then, is it Barmalach? I bet you were running Shrek fast when you got there. That's aggro up beside there. Did you? Yeah, you'd have been sprinting when uh, you got uh, to that. Honestly, <laughs> I used to shite myself every, every night. And then, I'd do my night shift at 12 till 6, and then I'd run back up the road. But I quite enjoyed it, mate. Eh? Aye. But uh, one night I was in, uh, one day I was in the soft play with my wee boy and my mate who I've known for years he's got like a marketing company and he says listen I've got this mad idea man I've always had it for like when you started playing because uh, I just stopped went for full time with Dundee sorry to part time with Peter Head mm. he says you want to get a bash I, I think it was hungover mate and I was like oh fuck it why not man right come on we'll do it. so I met him at the bias with him and his other mate they wanted him remain they wanted to remain anonymous because they didn't think it would do well and I would get all the shout for it if people hated it I, I know who it is I'm going to ask you later no <laughs> um, so it just kind of drew up a list of guys who I think would be good Aye. and uh, at the time I knew it was going to be well as I said Charlie McGrew would be brilliant for this man and uh, they were like Charlie Charlie's the worst interview ever man like see when he gets interviewed to the papers or the, the cameras he says it's the, he's the worst interview ever and then straight away I just knew that everyone's perception of football players is no right man so they're obviously like media trained and they've got somebody at their shoulder like oh don't say this don't say yeah. that it's obviously it's players at the end of their career in it are coming towards the end they're just oh, I don't know mate we done Josh Wind Josh Wind is one of my favourite ones eh he was brilliant man he aye just... but he doesn't have belief in himself doesn't he I know but I love that mate. I know he's it's... playing at that level he is so exactly. yeah, I wish no, I had that exactly no uh-huh. it's a good thing because I remember watching going he, he fancies himself but fair play because if you don't do well Exactly, see in football especially, mate, see if you don't fancy yourself, nobody will. Honestly, it's the most ruthless game in the world, man. Uh, so, we're, we're doing a couple, we've done uh, Stephen Fletcher's coming up. Right, aye, so he, saying, I know he's coming at the end, but he was brilliant, man. Uh, we Barry right, Barron's coming up as well. I ain't seen in a night at 2012, Stephen Fletcher behind the barn, certain nightclub, pouring drinks for everybody. Was he? Aye, and I remember being <laughs> like, loves it, mate, he loves I, it. I was like, I, I can't remember who he's playing for, would it have been Sunderland that time? Uh, probably Sunderland. But I remember thinking, like, the fuck's going on here, man? Uh, He's asking people what they want and pouring Jaeger bombs and all that. Right, Barry Bannon, you'll be a good one. Barry, mate, see Barry Bannon's story when you hear it. I've nearly in tears, man. Eh? Just that he's upbringing that as a kid, but right. obviously leave that for the podcast. But nah, the, the older players, you get me out of them, don't you? Because they didn't care. They've not got a club to go back to. But we try, try to get as many younger ones on as possible because obviously the people that watch it are younger, so they can relate to the stories. Man, but it's tough for the clubs. It will be. I can imagine like. If you're sitting down, you've already got about your relationship with people, and then obviously people watching you over time, they'll probably loosen up, and they're likely to tell you 
more stuff than he would tell, I don't know, say a reporter for the sun or whatever, because they're probably always used to watching what they're saying and not mm. trying to get caught out and all that. Yeah, definitely, mate. Like, I say to the boys, if you're not going to come on and tell stories, then don't come on. Don't bother. A waste of time, man. But everyone that I do, mate, there's like, I've always got a connection, eh? Because Aye. to set interviews up, I need to ask people for favours. So usually the people who are telling these guys about me will say, good guy. Aye, you trust and then, and then I always say the people and then I always say watch watch previous ones because that's what it's about and then come back and let us know if you want to do it it's uh, another quite interesting thing as well is I was quite surprised with how much so speaking as a Celtic fan but I know pals mean it's Port Rangers about the Celtic players so I've watched Rangers once and I'm like I really really enjoyed that mm-hmm. like a, a a player I always really liked watching was Barry Ferguson I always what had a lot of, oh, unbelievable great player Um I'll probably get a lot of shit for this but I always say like, if I could ever have chose one player to play for Celtic it would have been him yeah. but then it's, I still wouldn't have put him in front of Lennon Lambert or Petro but he'd have had to go in fourth in the peck in order but I'd have still took him right. they were top players that's why I was trying to get ahead of the three aye oh, I know uh, aye, that's but mate see for me it's not about honest like, it's not about teams eh, when I, when no, I speak to the guys it's, I love hearing football stories mate. it doesn't matter what team it is like see Stuart McCall's man it, I was buzzing listening to him, man. I listened to the first 30, I've still got it to go. That's a lot of two hours. Two hours, mate. I love talking. <laughs> love talking. But even like Ali McCoy's was tremendous, mate. Ali McCoy's really was good. good. It doesn't bother me, mate. Gordon Stratton seemed a wee bit pissed off to be real as if he's like. Whatever. I just got Stratton done. Yeah. Every question I asked him, mate, I just knew he was sitting thinking, why am I doing an interview with this wee guy, man? <laughs> you know what I mean? like, why am I here, man? How is my career came to this bit? He was all, he's like that, but even aye, just speaking to him off camera, he's like, I mean, every time you ask him a question, he looks at you like you're stupid, man. Aye, but <laughs> just the way he is, isn't he? Aye, that's trying for you. Um, another thing I wanted to kind of touch on, we mate, we were at the Herald Cool Conversations thing in Edinburgh, uh-huh. and I brought up the point about is there enough help, say, when players are either coming to the end of their career or for players that don't quite make it, is there enough sort of assistance? Now, did, did it bother you or did you have any like, uh, tough times I suppose um, is the term I'm looking for did you kind of bounce back mm-hmm. for your obviously say you're coming to, you, you leave full time football you're, um, all of a sudden your life has just totally changed you're not in the dressing environment every day like drinking that could be tough uh, it can, can be tough mate but like, like see the mental health thing mate, I've never had it eh? I, mm-hmm. don't know, I don't know why um, I always think I'm re- really lucky for what I've got and what I've done you know what I mean being involved in football for so long came straight out of football full time and got a coaching job and part time and then I'm then speaking about football now so but for other people mate I can totally understand it because see when you go for full time football or part time you're only only one night a week and you're sitting about the house and you're trying to get a job and when you go to a job you're no good at it like Aye. I'd done a job mate that I was rubbish at man like, and everyone hated me because I was pissing <laughs> I delivered kitchens for a bit mate I used to smash them scratch them <laughs> honestly and, like you could just feel everyone looking at you thinking who is this moron Aye. and you pure think I didn't belong here do you know what I mean Aye. so I think it's that I think it's trying to find someone else that because you know yourself mate what you want to do in life is something that you're passionate about Aye. so I think when you go for something that is your number one love and it has been your whole life to some, and then you can't get something anywhere even close to it I think that's that, that's the struggle, man. And probably being on the outside looking in, either watching other people doing that. That's the worst. It must be tough for young players as well because I feel like young players, maybe let's say for the age of eleven through to sixteen, they're in the youth setup and they're say they're respected and idolised in school. Or he plays pro youth with Celtic or Rangers, and they get to a point maybe they get their, their two year deal or whatever. And in their mind, they've already envisioned what their life is going to be for the next 15, 20 years and all the great things it's going to come with. 
and then one day to get called in an office and told sorry mate but we're not going to we're going to let you go yeah. we're going to release you that must absolutely crush you as a, as a young player you obviously never experienced it but you're no people that did no mate I've seen I've seen boys in tears leaving Celtic Park in tears man and I, I, unconsolable because they've been released Aye. and you think it is only football at the end of the day but it's just it's a dream your dream's finished you you feel as if it's done you, I see when you sign that four year deal you think I've done, you do I've done it but you've not done it anything but it's just the start and see as soon as you take your foot off the gas at the team like Celtic mate, it goes like that man because the standards are so high and that's what I tell the kids now man every time I see kids come down to training mate, and they walk down and then they walk through the warm up and then it's half pace this half pace and at a team like Celtic mate, you'll never make it then that mm. and that's what I try to tell them because if you do make it it's the best life in the world man but then the other side the high is very high and the low is so low. Aye. Because that reject even at Swindon, mate, when I kinda knew my time was coming at an end. I basically told Swindon that I kinda wanted to see what their offers were. They mm-hmm. took that on board and kinda came back and said, Well, that's what there's no deal for you then. And when you're told that, it's like shit. Shit. You still get bills to pay and all. Bills to pay, kids. But people forget about that when people see players either holding out for contracts or trying to negotiate or trying to get a bit more money. Your contracts essentially go for what three years average, yeah. and then so imagine somebody saying to you, "You've got a job for three years, and then after that, you, like if you're just in a quote unquote normal job, if somebody's to say you get three years, and then we'll look at it, you'd be like, shit, I'll get a mortgage and kids and all that. Like I've got to think about it. That is, see, like when you sign a deal, I always used to think, right, that's me got at least. Uh, so I signed a deal at Swindon, uh, sorry at Portsmouth, and I was twenty four to twenty six, and I was thinking, right, that's me, at least got a job for another two years. But you should you should be enjoying it, mate. Ah, yeah, just because it's that such uncertainty and one bad year now in football. Like years ago, you could take a couple of bad years and you always bounce to another club. But I think with the money being so tight now, like mm-hmm. one bad year in football, I had a bad year at Dundee, right? And I went for finishing fifth in League One with Swindon. To, to, uh, two years later, to be playing in League One in Scotland with Peterhead part time, mm-hmm. which is scary, mate. Ah, you could just kind of free fall. You could just free fall, mate, and it's there's nothing there to help you. But then again. I think you need to take it upon yourself as well eh? like, I wish now I'd done more outside of football maybe learning a trade or because you've got all this time in the world and then yeah. I think footballers are quite quick to blame everyone else Like there's no help there for us but you've got all that time you've got all that money if you're on good money go and do something go and go Aye. to college or go and learn a trade and, so that when you are finished you've got something to bounce into where do you see, now that you're, you're, you're training you're coaching Celtics under 10s you Tens, uh-huh. how do you see do you want to progress to the Celtic Academy do you ever want to become a manager what's your plans I'd love to be a manager, mate. I really would. Uh, I'd love to be a, an assistant manager or a coach, but uh, I'm only 31, mate. So right. while I'm still but playing and obviously doing what I'm going, uh, hey. I'm sorry, I'm quoting David Brent there, saying we're both in my 30s. <laughs> <laughs> I love the office, dude. Mate, it's all I do. The it's all I quote. I need to stop doing it. Money don't make my world go around. That's right. Then he's reading off the philosopher sheet, isn't it? What was I talking about there? Sorry, I went, you see, you're only 31 and uh, you're about uh, so, to be an assistant manager. But see, manager. coaching the kids, mate, I think that makes you a much better coach because you need to go right back to the start, eh? Aye, it's right basics. back to basics and breaking it down for them and mm-hmm. speaking to kids on a different level. So I love it, mate. The kids are tremendous that I, that I take. So maybe when I stop playing and maybe the open goal stops, I'll, I'll try and get a wee full-time number. Open goal surely get a lot of years left in it, is it not? Oh, mate, I think as well, I hear other people like, podcasting that are saying that they're going to like, go to the top and do this and do that, but pff, I'm not a stupid thinker, mate. Just go and do it, and if people enjoy it, they I enjoy said, it. Like, I'm not stupid enough to think this is going to go on forever, because 
I'm quite annoyed with me bastard mate so <laughs> I mean I'm fucking sick of you to be honest I can't wait to be here <laughs> you're not going to overtake it you're going to end up with face open go this is why you're doing this reason you're in I just I'd like, I'd like to sit down and watch Slaney live in action oh mate he's tremendous isn't he He's probably got a, an interesting story in terms of obviously what happened with his injury and all that and the, the anguish that he went through and he had quite a mad well documented night out in Amsterdam. <laughs> and uh, I remember at the time everybody, myself included, like, oh this is funny but looking back you're like fuck, he probably was in a bit of a tough time. Or he was, he spoke about it, hadn't he? Uh, but he's uh, he's a character. Oh he's brilliant, I love him honestly. Like, see if everyone had a wee bit more of Paul Slane in, in, their, in their character mate, the world would be a better place. I saw the picture, with this, I can't remember who he was playing me but he was saying they were away and uh, maybe it was either Christmas or pre-season yeah. and he went and got like the middle of his head shape that kept the sides. The old man haircut. I the old man haircut. <laughs> <laughs> well you see with the shows when we do like the, the Charlie Mulgrew one and that, he's never just happy just to sit and the intro comes on and he's sitting there's always got to be like a grand entrance Aye, he's running days in. before it mate he's messaging me like what can we do it needs to be brilliant what can we do we've done the live tenant show on uh, last Thursday and honestly man he was tremendous like, I wasn't sure about him in the live show man because I thought I don't know if he might get nervous in front of a crowd but he absolutely loved it man he was up on the bar dancing <laughs> oh he was fucking tremendous honestly I love him magic um, nah, I'd say that's probably got a wee bit more to go but watch this space then Sci-Fi newest manager PSA yes, manager of the year in 10 years for now do you know what I'd, lo- I'd love to be a manager because I'd, I still feel like I'd like to help like the way Tommy Burns help kids like see then that youth team kids I, I would love to do that mate because like as I say the person I'm in is honestly my mum and dad probably hate me because it's no through a wee bit of mum and dad obviously but Aye. it's like how I, I was brought up being with Tommy and stuff like that it pure changed my life honestly like I didn't used to work harder and I, and I used to think everyone was a carry on and he'd be like listen you can hear carry on but see in life you need to work hard Aye. like carry on before training but see when you're at training you need to be an animal to, to, Aye, to make it say, like. and I see a lot of kids now and I think that they need that they need that they need to be tough on players like we boy them belly I can't comment because I didn't see it but um, I, co- I hope that coaches are really hard on him and really tough I just hope that he's not allowed to do what he likes because Aye. Like as I say, Adam was the most talented at us, and Tommy was the hardest on him at everyone because he knew he needed it. His head could get. Aye, he kind of kept in line a wee bit. He kept in line, mate, and I, and I hope that that's happening for these kids. If you're able to have that impact, and then one day a player will go there goes Cy Ferry, I must remember to thank him. <laughs> Brenny, I get that, mate. I could just keep going and keep going. <laughs> what else is, mate? What's the best Brent Cole, man? Oh, I don't know. Mate, see your group chat, like Aiden, Jim O'Brien. We love the office, mate. That's just all, all my partly my pal and all. It's amazing, that Your group chat is called the Glorious. <laughs> no, uh, see when I get the photo at the end of the warriors, mate. Tremendous. Stop trying to worm your way into someone else's photo. <laughs> 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 I'm just going really up the road and watch it again. Tremendous. Sad act. Anything you want to add? Anything you want to touch on? Nah, that's me, mate. That's, that's life just now for me. I need to go and get the kids. That's it. I need to go and get the kids at 3 o'clock. Magic. Well, cheers for your time, mate. We'll do Stop this man. again soon. No worries. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Tommy Burns. I don't need backup music, mate. <laughs> oh, the shark bait has such teeth there. And he shows in pearly white. Just a jackknife has old Maggie Heath, And he keeps it out of sight. You know when that shark bites with his teeth there 
Scarlet billows start to spread The fancy gloves, dear, has old McHeat been So there's never, never a trace of red Down the sidewalks Oh, Sunday morning, uh-huh Lies a body Just oozing light Well, someone sneaking Round the corner Tell me, could that someone Be Mac the Knife? Oh, there's a tugboat Down by the river, don't you know Where the seamen back Just duping on down Man is there Is there for the way there? Say five will get you ten old Maggie's back in town. Here by Larry Miller, he doggone split the scene, babe. After drawing out all of his hard-earned cash, and now Mac Heath spins just like a jailer. Could it be my man's done something rash? I said, Jenny Dava, oh, Suki Tadri, look out for Miss Salad Lignon and old Lucy Brown. Oh, the line forms on the right, babe. And now that Mackie back in town. Look out, old Mackie is back. Yeah. Brilliant.